Yeah. Welcome to the Handsome Hockey Podcast. This is episode 24. Evan and I are coming to you from Portland, Oregon. That's why all of our listings are in Pacific time. (laughs) (laughs) In the late hour. (laughs) Fuck the East Coast. We are late sleepers. Welcome to episode 24 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. We are going to dive in on the most pressing hockey news here, which is the fact that the NWHL playoffs will resume next weekend or this coming weekend on March 26th and 27th. So if you're listening just a couple of days after yes, this episode will come up. The games are going to air in the U.S. on NBC Sports Net- Network, all, four, all three of the games, and they will be streamed internationally on Twitch. So you have plenty of opportunity to check out some championship level women's hockey coming up this coming weekend. And the Twitch streams are super fun. Just a lot of people going bonkers about the game. And I really enjoy the commentary. So it's going to be a really fun thing to take part in. Just like the PWHPA games that aired on NBC Sports last week, I guess a couple of weeks ago now, there will be an all-female crew for hosting and for commentary. Kate Scott and AJ Malesko and Catherine Tappan will, will be running the show there for NBC Sports. The officiating crew, I believe, has also been announced, will also be an all-female officiating crew. Which, which is what it was before the pause. Yeah, in the wubble. Mm-hmm. Before they put the season on ice. <laughs> You're going to run that joke. Like, it, that joke started in the ground but you're just like running it Mm -hmm. further into the ground they'll have to thaw it off (laughs) it's like the ground in thunder bay ontario in january permafrost yes i'm trying to run the joke into the ground the ground's just that hard yeah it won't it won't let you (laughs) we can't bury this joke soon enough because the ground is frozen (laughs) so this will be a four-team tournament with the Riveters and the Buffalo Buttes uh, not making it into this section of the tournament. I'm not sure if the decision was made because of COVID or because they only wanted four teams or those were the teams that were determined to be the top four. Or some sort of internal team dynamics, whatnot. The two games are going to be played that are going to be played on the 26th will be Toronto versus Boston and then Minnesota, Montreal, Minnesota, Montresota. Minnesota. I could go for a Montresota right now. That yeah. sounds delicious. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like lemon and uh, elbow, <laughs> lemon, poutine, and elbow pad sweat. <laughs> Montresota. <laughs> drink, drink what your athletes taste like. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so gross. We used to have a joke about um, Eau de Favre. It was like Brett Favre's sweat, but as a eau de toilette. His his taint sweat. Yeah. The, so the second game will be the Minnesota Whitecaps and the Connecticut Whale. You um, didn't do your Connecticut Whale. Trying to rein it in because okay. we're going to watch these games ne- together next week, or at least the Minnesota-Connecticut game, because that's after work, mm. and I'm going to be obnoxious. <laughs> so just... You're just like holding it together now in prep. We'll, we'll put some shit on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. And uh, it'll be good. This is going to be a single elimination tournament. Game one will be Toronto versus Boston. Again, all times are Pacific time. That's going to be March 26th at 2 p.m. Pacific. This is going to be a really interesting... Both of these are interesting matchups, but this one has a lot of flavor to it, I would say. Mm-hmm. The Toronto Six, their inaugural season, they were the best team in the Wubble, they had the number one seed locked up. And that's even with like looking relatively less than stellar their first game. I believe they got shut out in their first game. Mm-hmm. Ended up looking really strong. Michaela grant Mentis looked dominant. She was the leading goal scorer in the, in the Wubble. They had a, a much deeper team than they thought, especially on the, on the back end. Yeah, they didn't entirely know what they were going to get right you know out of the gate it was just like when the puck started flying it turned out that they were pretty good yeah i mean boston is a powerhouse 
And you also got the sense that they were starting to turn it on towards the end of the wobble. So, albeit against Buffalo, who was not very good in the wobble. Right. But what you get from Boston, I think, is going to beget a lot of the results. You know, if they are, if they come out super strong, they could just take this whole thing. But Toronto was super strong in the wobble. And I mean, we could be basically seeing a pseudo championship in this game one. For sure. So, Toronto, we just talked about Michaela Grant Mentis, who I learned this week's nickname is MGM, which is pretty awesome. That's not a bad nickname. <laughs> Taylor Woods, who was shooting 22% in the wobble. She had four Jesus. goals. That's like almost as good as Shaq at the foul line. <laughs> That's probably unsustainable, but there's definitely, probably. <laughs> there's definitely a huge presence coming from that back line. And they, their top pairing was playing, I believe, 27 minutes per game. So they, they had found some consistency on the defensive side. And uh, Elaine Chuli was, was very good in net for Toronto. And with the amount of goals that they were scoring, they just needed some effort there and some presence. Elaine was more than capable of providing just that presence. She was very sharp. Boston, on the other hand, we, we all know about what Boston brings to the table. They have so much elite scoring talent, and they also have the best defenseman and the best goalie in the league. <laughs> so, you know, they have Jillian Dempsey, Sammy Davis. What was her Yeah, name? Teresa Vanisova. She's looks like a level above all the other skaters, at least in terms of speed and skating out there. And then they have Kaylee Fracken, the aforementioned the the best defender in the league who led all scoring with nine points in the wobble, all assists. And then, of course, they have Lovisa Sealander, who is absolutely unstop- or not unstoppable, stops everything would be the actual terminology for a goalie <laughs> there. An absolute wall, dominant in net. And, you know, you you look at them on paper and they should have probably steamrolled again. But they didn't. They came out pretty ineffective. They dropped some early games. They dropped a game to Buffalo. And then, as you were saying earlier, they really turned it on those Mm -hmm. last couple of games. So it was like they were finding their footing or their their speed or whatever. Well, it seemed like they were scoring a lot of the same goal at the end of the wobble. It was like they would leak out an extra shooter on the rush and just point up and put the puck in. I think I saw this like three or four times like, oh, yeah, okay. now that they can do this kind of automatic, it's going to be really hard for these other teams to stop them. I think the key factor in this game might be Jillian Dempsey, who was the MVP last year before they before everything got shut down, is a dynamic scorer, one of the best players in the league, but did get hurt in the wobble and wasn't playing at the end of the wobble. Oh, okay. So do you know how bad? Well, the rumor is that she is, if not completely healthy, healthy enough and will be playing gotcha. in the in these games this weekend so get it anytime you can get the leading scorer in the league back that's that that's a good thing jillian is the only player to ever crack 100 goals in the nwhl mm-hmm. so obviously sustained brilliance or sustained excellence as opposed to just like a one hit wonder yeah it's good to get the leading scorer of your team back uh we'll allude to something similar in the nhl later in the episode if Jillian Dempsey is back and is either Jillian Dempsey or a close facsimile of Jillian Dempsey, then it's going to be really tough to to slow down Boston, especially since they are officially playing on home ice now. Yeah, right. It's going to be pretty hard not to dominate right out the gate when you're, you know, playing in familiar confines and waking up in your own bed. Yeah, it that's got to be huge if you're a professional sports player the second game which will start at 5 p.m pacific time on on nbc sports will be the minnesota whitecaps versus the connecticut whale (laughs) there we go yeah if you could see our notes for this episode minnesota whitecaps is in like five font and connecticut whale is in like 16 to 18 font that's because i wrote this portion of the script (laughs) yeah i mean i i enjoy you know the uh passion with which you come at the connecticut whale i think that this is going to be a fun game to watch and you know maybe we can figure out a way to watch it outside like we had previously attempted to and ended up having to settle for a very boring nhl game yes so this will be pretty cool you know the two teams we've been kind of picking to root for in this 
NWHL season. You know, I'm picking the Minnesota Whitecaps and I'm just going to stick with it. They have a really cool logo and really cool jerseys. And they're one of the teams that has played in multiple leagues of women's hockey. They were actually formed for a different league. As far as I understand. Um, yeah, they exist. That's cool. So the Connecticut <laughs> Whale are obviously the best team in the NWHL, and people should feel bad for thinking otherwise. The Whale were possession monsters in Lake Placid, controlling the puck in almost all of their games and having uh, or having more possession in almost every one of their games. They, you know, they were overlooked because of how bad they were the year before. They were they were really bad and. You know, that was a team that wasn't upset that the season ended without crowning a championship because they weren't (laughs) even close to it. Um, But they did come out and show a lot of improvement in in the Wubble. Oh, yeah. They got a lot of help from Alyssa Wolfiler, who had come over from Boston. Uh, Emma Vlasic and Kayla Friesen are outstanding. Emma Vlasic of my jersey fame um (laughs) there's a ton of talent on their forward group so they can roll two really good scoring lines they also have a very solid defensive core and they have two goaltenders who they can rely on if need be how they're going to choose who plays in game one i don't know i'm I'm not the coach it turns out but (laughs) but i'm just a big fan but they do they can go either way and under and know that they're going to get solid goaltending regardless of who is out there yeah that's the modern hockey move isn't it it's having two really good goaltenders instead of one kind of bell cow the era of martin brodeur is seemingly over i believe right you know lungfist showed what happened you burn out your heart if you uh put too much of it into your team's success for too long Minnesota, on the other hand, everything starts with Amanda Levier. She's right up there with LaVissa Sealander as the best goalie in the league. She looked absolutely incredible in the Wubble, was having a stellar tournament. But they're also probably the fastest team in the league. Yeah. Uh, despite Boston having a ton of speed, the forward group in Minnesota is unreal fast. Yeah, Ellie Thunstrom is a burner and absolutely can finish as well they're lethal on the counter and through the middle of the ice so if they can and they're lethal on the power play so if they if connecticut ends up in the box three four five times that's going to be mission critical there is for them to stay out of the box against a team that can really wail on the power play and can really wail on the power play huh oh you caught that did you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was thinking that the wild could take some tips from the whitecaps power play if if we put kirill kaprizov on the whitecaps their power play would be even more deadly but we could probably <laughs> put ali thunstrom on the wild's power play and it would be better too so the championship game is going to be saturday at four pacific it's a knockout tournament so winners continue losers hang out in boston for a little bit longer maybe i don't know these are all this is all prognostication and guesses we are as of right now not experts on the nwhl we're hoping by next season we'll be a little bit more beefed up in our knowledge you know what it it's hard being experts in two leagues when you're (laughs) not even an expert in one (laughs) (laughs) yeah it seems like boston is probably coming hard for this championship you know they were starting to really turn it on like we said and play just such tight team hockey that they look like they're going to be hard to beat and it's on home turf like hard to see them not finishing it out and getting an isabel cup minnesota i think we kind of picking to make it out of their playing game and this what's that how dare you (laughs) no i also agree i think minnesota and boston so Toronto and Connecticut making the final would obviously be the Cinderella version. You got the first year team versus the team that was in last place last year. Yeah, it would be super cool. Come it up be, story. It'd be awesome. But Boston, Minnesota would be not just the heavy hitters. It would be a rematch of the Isabel Cup final that was canceled due to COVID. So a little of, bit of poetic finishing there. Huh? It kind of feels like that should just be the game. Because, yeah. Or maybe they should play that game first 
just to decide the 2020 <laughs> Isabel Cup and yeah. then and then play the playoffs. Uh, just that seems like, like a fully reasonable thing to do. Why not? <laughs> so you get it. You get the cup for two days, and then you might not get it the next day. That day. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the cup has stayed in the building. <laughs> I think Evan and I are kind of on the same page here. It feels like this should be a Boston Minnesota final. If we're wrong, awesome because that means one of the two I think better stories, mm-hmm. which is that. The Connecticut whale went last to first or Toronto wins in or gets the final in their inaugural season. Both of those are way cooler stories than the people that you thought were going to be here are here. Yeah. If Toronto upsets Boston, it won't be a huge surprise. One game of hockey is dramatically hard to call. You know, it's hard to say that a one game winner take all situation determines the best team if that's what you're trying to determine what it is is absolute madness it'll just be triumphant to see that like i'm really excited to just watch the cup get raised in general mm-hmm. but the fact that it's been so it's been so prolonged by the pandemic it'll be really cool to see that actually happen and also nice to dive into all these players stories and kind of see all our friends again please if you're listening to us, or if you're not listening to us, but like hockey anyways, you should check out these NBC Sports games for the NWHL finals on Friday and Saturday, the 26th and 27th, next this coming weekend. It's going to be super cool to watch these women finally get a chance to lift the cup that has been a finger's reach away for over a year. Yeah. So Evander Kane and his lawyers have contended in court that changing his bankruptcy filing from Chapter 7 to Chapter 11 which would enable his debtors to garnish his wages and would set up a mediator to control his bankruptcy until all debts are paid would be tantamount to slavery or in debt or indebted servitude, mm-hmm. which as we all know is illegal in the United States. It's a very interesting claim. This comes on the heels of one thing we covered last week, which is the sharks and him are mulling, canceling his contract so that, these debtors cannot get at that money. So there is precedent in U.S. courts for debtees to make the same claim. There was a famous case in Georgia in 2012. That case ended with the judge ruling that the change to Chapter 11 and its resulting changes did not constitute involuntary servitude. So the precedent is not in favor of Evander Kane here. There's obviously always a chance that we get a much different ruling in Evander Kane's case. Yeah, one seems like he's going to maybe have more money to throw at his lawyers to throw at the problem, but who knows? I don't know anything about this other 2012 case in Georgia, but the interesting thing here is will the judge in Evander Kane's case, while there is a legal precedent for siding the other way, will they determine that Evander Kane's case is different, thereby allowing this case to go forward without changing to Chapter 11, which is what his debtors want to happen, because they want somebody to mediate it, and they also want to be able to garnish his wages moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, And one kind of guess is that if they're able to turn it to Chapter 11, then maybe the, him and the Sharks would do the cancel the contract thing, because then the debtors would have no wages to garnish. How it works from there... I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know how bankruptcy court goes. I hope I never know how bankruptcy court works. My debts are mostly college related. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, this is going to we'll keep we'll keep talking about this as things come up, but it's not going away either for Evander Kane or for the NHL news cycle. As as more weird things happen in this case, we will try and bring them to you. Speaking of debts. Philly was definitely quite in quite a debt to New York the other day, losing zero to nine, absolutely getting spanked by the Rangers, uh, including Mika Zabinijad scoring a Natty Hattie, sponsored by Natty Light, and his six-point period matching an NHL record for most points in a period. Holy shit. For especially for a guy who's been pretty quiet this year and has largely underperformed uh, preseason expectations for him tying the uh, nhl record for (laughs) most points in a period for real that might kind of perk him up a little bit this has always been the way he's gone too it seems like he does the same thing every year he kind of starts slow gets in his own head kind of presses a little bit 
it seemed like a month ago, he was just getting all of his shots blocked at the point just because he was doing a really bad job of shot selection, which is what happens when I think you're pressing. Um, so yeah, he could take all the shots. Right. But also you like think, you think more like philosophically about like, I have to shoot instead of taking what the defense gives you. Right. He could absolutely turn it on from here on out with these huge gaudy performances. The, other interesting thing about this game is that none of New York's coaches were involved. They the, were just out drinking? Or yeah. What? They, well, they were just, no, that's a Boston coach. <laughs> yeah. No. So New York's coaches were all in COVID protocol for this game, which ended with the highest output of offensive output of the season. Right. They brought up their coaches, I believe from Hartford, their AHL team mm-hmm. and Chris Jory, who I believe is their assistant GM were on the bench for this game and apparently we're just like got there and fuck around man have fun <laughs> just go do that hockey yeah <laughs> and so they did they did that hockey exceptionally they, well nine nothing is just a stomping during the game the fans were chanting to fire david quinn the head coach of the new york <laughs> rangers because obviously they don't need him. does that prove your irrelevancy as a coach yes <laughs> kind of feel bad for him because you know it sucks to get sick and also probably lose your job in the same breath what a game what one game can mean is insane and it's not even like philly's bad i mean philly has been struggling but philly is not on paper a terrible team so the rangers continue to be one of the true soap operas in the nhl this year between all all the things they've gone through so they they win nine nothing and david quinn comes back and they immediately lose two to one. It's either they scored all their goals on Wednesday, or maybe David Quinn's just not that great of a hockey coach. They just scored too many goals. They didn't leave any goals in the bank. They ended up winning yesterday three to one over the Capitals. But you'll notice that those two goal tallies do not even get halfway to the goal tally scored on Wednesday. And so thus the clamoring for David Quinn's head on a platter served to the people of new york is getting rather loud it's hard to say what the nine nothing game means for david quinn it probably means nothing because new york is such a odd case your gm says hey we're going into a rebuild and then signs artemi panarin and jacob truba to huge contracts and it's like that's not a rebuild that's not what rebuilding teams do (laughs) yeah they build through the draft And then, of course, they were hand-selected by Gary Bettman to get the first pick last year, (laughs) so they get Alexis Lafreniere. Like, you can't have it both ways, and New York is trying to have it both ways. And when you try and have it both ways, you end up on the fringe of the playoffs, which normally doesn't get you first-round picks or first picks overall. Something's going to have to give. And they brought in David Quinn with the idea that he was going to transform all of these young players. And they all look decent except for capo caco i mean even he is has looked a lot better in fits and starts like he'll have two games where you're like oh man he's finally turning it on and then he kind of disappears for three games the one exception or two exceptions are on the back end with k andre miller and adam fox looking absolutely outstanding and well ahead of the curve for that for what was thought of them yeah adam fox is the real guy you see on ice he just makes that whole team better he's significantly better than i think most people anticipated and already one of the elite defensemen yeah and capocaco's 20 you know he's still got a lot of time to really put it together alexi lafreniere is 36 and a grizzled veteran yes Uh, he should be better right (laughs) doesn't he look just hilariously old like you just look at him like you've been the nhl for 10 years haven't you bud he is actually chris jury <laughs> just yeah like, just back no no i am a young french canadian <laughs> are you sure about that bud yep very young french canadian boy named alexis lafreniere you look a lot like chris jury <laughs> nope nope yeah this this game was an absolute weirdo game and we'll see how the rangers continue they have been better as of late will it be enough to get them into the playoffs in an absolutely stacked east I don't know. Speaking of teams that will make the playoffs, Andre Vasilevsky has been 
on fire this year. The Lightning are going to make the playoffs without even trying. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if Vasilevsky has sweated yet. No. This season. They're absolutely coasting. But his numbers are unreal and he is probably the Vesna favorite at this point. Yeah, it seems like it's his to lose. It's hard to know who is maybe second in the race. Chris Dreiger could be a dark horse Vesna candidate because he has put together an amazing season. Kapokakinen up in Minnesota has been really good. Yeah, it's technically he's a rookie. That's crazy that you have, I mean, the guy who will win the Calder and then another guy who probably is second in the Calder. I mean, we completely forgot about him around Kevin Lankinen, who's looked a little shaky as of late. If they take the Calder and the Vezina, that would be, be a kind of amazing. Be a good for the Wild, right? Right. And then, you know, also should their coach be in the consideration for the Jack Adams at that point? No one wins trophies like a surprising team in the NHL, do they? Right. And that's why I think we talked about it last week, how we think it's probably Quenville's to lose. Mm-hmm. But Dean Evison is probably somebody who we should be talking about as well. The Wild have been surprisingly good. They're in the West, so that gives them a little bit of leeway to beat up on the Sharks, beat up on the California teams and, you know, not have to play Dallas. We've got Vegas and we've got Colorado out there. Oh, they did get stomped by. Yeah. But after that, St. Louis is okay. Mm -hmm. All the teams in the actual West are trash. Arizona and the California teams. Yeah, the Wild are definitely going to be a playoff team. What they do when they get into the playoffs will be anybody's guess. But yeah, the, hard to see the Vezina going to anybody but the guy who's going to take home the most wins and have the most immaculate save percentage because he's got probably a Norris Trophy defenseman playing in front of him. Yeah, a Norris Trophy worthy defender and then three others who are elite defensemen. Yeah. So boo-hoo. <laughs> Similarly boring trophy race for the heart. It's kind of hard to believe that it's anybody but McDavid's to win at this point. We do this every year. The NHL, they're like, oh, he scored the most points. Give him the heart. But it's not, that's not what the trophy is. You're like, right. Yeah. And so, but also Edmonton may actually be okay. I will say this. I don't have a huge problem with I don't have as much of a problem with McDavid winning it this year than I did with Dreisaitl winning it last year right because McDavid's defensive game has actually stepped up into like respectable numbers yeah he's a plus defender and year. he's still crushing fools mm-hmm. like he has more assists than Austin Matthews has points yeah we know he's the best player in the league that's yes obviously but is he the most valuable player of any player to their team. I think, yeah, without question. I mean, I, I think so. we, we don't need to think about it that hard and that he's going to win the Rocket Richard and he should probably just win the heart this year too. You know, they went out of their way to give it to Dreisaitl last year. And part of the knock on McDavid was the defense. Obviously, he's improved that. And then is 15 points over the next couple of guys behind him. I don't think we need to bend over backwards to spread the heart trophy out. I think he has made the case to win it this year. Okay, so fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'll just I'll just make a case for two other players. Mm-hmm. Kirill Kaprizov. I would vote that nobody has had more impact on their team this year than Kaprizov in Minnesota. They were a team largely devoid of that kind of talent actually completely devoid of his kind of talent <laughs> they're boring bleh hockey team and you throw Kaprizov on that team and they're exciting to watch they're way better and i feel like it's his doing yeah i also think that there are other tides in that organization that beget where that water level is at this point you know Kakinen, the goalie like we said earlier marcus felino has been really good this year obviously superstar zach parise just kidding you know there's other good players that have taken a step and had good seasons i mean like ryan hartman has been he was good when he was healthy so i don't know it's hard for me to put him in the same category as as conor mcdavid i think it's a little bit of not coincidence but things happening at the same time the other person that i would put up as a hypothetical and again i'm sitting here saying yes Connor mcdavid's gonna win this award is 
Alexander Barkov. Oh, yeah. I think he's probably the best two-way defenseman in the NHL. Because he plays in Florida, nobody gives a shit about him. And he's playing with guys who are not great on his wings. (laughs) Carter Verhage, who? Anthony Duclair, eh, he's decent, but... Well, he's not had a great season either. No, exactly. But... He's talented. He hasn't exactly put it together yet. Barkov is just kind of like willing that team to stardom with grit and skill and a wry smile. And you know, he's super young still. It's a a damn shame that they don't give him just like one good winger (laughs) to play with. (laughs) Well, Carter Verhage's kind of come into his own, but yeah, that's that's kind of been the case. I mean, that's my reasoning for why I think he's going to be the guy to win the Selkie. Um, His defensive numbers have been incredible. If we're talking the sort of like second tier of the heart conversation, you know, Patrick Kane's in it too, but I saw an awesome uh, graph comparing the defensive and offensive shot shots produced heat maps of Barkov versus Patrick Kane. And it's like, oh God, Barkov is killing it offensively and defensive. Kane is finishing goals because that's what he does. He's a goal scorer, yeah. but the Blackhawks are also giving up tons of chances when he's on the ice and Barkov they're not they are shutting everybody down so he should win the selkie and maybe because of some of his heart credentials and not just defensive credentials fine evan fine you sit over there with your rational calm <laughs> restrained takes and i'm just over here with my lambasting of connor mcdavid for only being the best player in the world <laughs> fine you just make, heavy lies the crown you just sick. make me look silly what do we want to do next? The anti-Vezina. Jonas Johansson was traded from Buffalo stinking tire fires to the Colorado really highs. Um, Both geographically and because their team is very good and has won, I think, six in a row. <laughs> yeah. And Buffalo media, the athletics John Vogel is so just fed up. He declared Jonas Johansson. The worst goalie I've ever seen. He says he doesn't stop pucks in practice or in games. That's tough if you're a goalie. I feel like you want to do, you want to stop the pucks, but uh, maybe that's just me. It was an interesting move by Colorado because, as we know, like Grubauer has been great this year, mm-hmm. uh, but he has a history of getting injured, and you don't want to go into the Stanley Cup playoffs with only one serviceable nhl caliber goalie yeah they're back up uh, i forget what his name is he's not very good yeah hunter miska is not very good pavel Francuz, who is only is only kind of good is out for the year probably won't be there for the playoffs so there's a real need for a goaltender in colorado the fact that they went with this guy is kind of alarming because of the quotes you said before he's not very good well you know Obviously, they've seen something to give them a idea that he's a bit of a diamond in the rough. I mean, everybody on Buffalo has got to look really bad right now. You know, that whole stinking ship is rotten. And this media lambasting that this guy received after getting traded out of it, I think that is a symptom of just how wrong things are going in Buffalo. And, you know, congratulations to him for somehow getting out, whether by being good or bad. Buffalo is, if you had a barge... (laughs) And you covered it in old tires Uh and pushed it into the sea. And while it was floating away, you simultaneously went to every pet groomer in the city of Buffalo, got all the pet hair, covered said barge of tires with all the pet hair, and then set it on fire. Oh, that's just called a Florida Viking funeral. That's... (laughs) That's a... That's... Something we probably should have seen in Eastbound and Down, but <laughs> instead is just a rational description of what's going on in Buffalo right now. Yeah. Did we cover fi- them firing their coach? I, I, like, I feel like it was so inevitable that we don't need to yeah. cover it. But yeah, Ralph Kruger got fired because he should have been fired probably at the end of last season. Um, it was sort of like a tree falling in the forest. It's like you didn't know if it happened because it didn't really make a sound. It was just like, oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> you didn't know it happened because it should have happened. So you, you hired an out-of-the-box candidate. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was managing a soccer club in, what, Switzerland at the time? Yeah, but he had that one really good run coaching for the European team in the 
what was it? The Young Kids yeah. Tournament. Yeah, the uh, World Juniors. So good for him. But you hired a guy who's supposed to be known as a motivational coach, like a player's coach, like mm-hmm. really gets the guys to get up for him and be like, we got to win one for Ralph. <laughs> and it feels like they all hate him. And they're everybody's over it. So if you've got the motivational guy not motivating guys, and then they go on a, what, is it like 13, 14 game losing streak right now? Why are you holding on to him for 13 games? Like this season's, I get it. This season's short and it's already done because you're not going anywhere. But like bring in somebody new to like kind of just give him a chance. Whoever is going to be after him is going to have a lot of awful pieces to pick up and take a look at and decide what's keep worthy and what's just got to go in the trash. I mean, Darlene's been shit. Skinner is overpaid and bad. Skinner and Darlene should probably have the same contract and it should be Darlene's contract. This is true, but you know, he hasn't looked like a first overall pick and they've tanked and sucked their way to how many high draft picks that just aren't good and reinert's an okay player casey middlestad is largely nothing at this point and he was supposed to be good yeah still young there's still a chance for him to be a good nhl player but right now he's not even a good nhl player right you know are they gonna have to sell off everything including eichel and ristolainen for parts and try and build around dylan cousins or do they keep Eichel and trade everything else. I do not envy Kevin Adams' job because that's going to be a messy one. Once the tire hair fire is on fire, <laughs> like hair. putting out the tire hair fire means sinking the barge. That's the only way to extinguish it. And so sinking the barge in this means probably trading Jack Eichel and yeah, just hard to getting see. back what you can. It's hard to see that being tenable. So again, Colorado still has some work to do on their goalie. <laughs> this was actually a story about Colorado's goalie situation yeah. that morphed into, man, Buffalo sucks. <laughs> it's hard not to just follow gravity to a Buffalo sucking story. It's so easy. <laughs> it's really nice as a Red Wings fan. And I'm guessing Ottawa fans are feeling the same way right now. No, I think Ottawa fans are like leaning into the fact that they're weirdly on the upswing. But, you know, but like, they're still bad they're still a bad team they're bad enough where their fans are like leaning into a meme this week over the the whole like you know what is it the sends psychos or the sickos sickos like that's what optimistic bad fan bases do trashing goalies on the way out the door is what just dejected fan bases yes and that's a professional not that's not like a fan that's yeah. somebody who gets paid by a well-respected yeah, company. A company we like. The Athletic. Trashing a guy on the way out the door and like for no reason whatsoever, it seems. I mean, it seems to me that his professional opinion is just that this guy is bad. And he didn't exactly, I mean, he trashed him, but, you know, it wasn't some like Phil Kessel eats hot dogs bullshit. He was just like, this guy's bad and I think he's bad. And, you know, it wasn't like, He's fat and doesn't try and eats too much, like Toronto's media did to Phil Kessel. In injury slash cap relief news, a couple of teams just got a little bit of bonuses. A couple of players just got their knees exploded. It might end up working out. First things first, we're not saying that people should get their knees exploded or tear their ACLs, MCLs, PCLs, whatever you want to do. That's not what we're saying. What we are saying is that those injuries are going to allow their teams to go shopping at the deadline. And, I mean, would the teams prefer to go shopping at the deadline, or would they just prefer to have their star players still healthy? Eh, I don't know. But Well, especially the Islanders who have lost their captain. Anders Lee is now out for the year with a torn ACL. Uh, the other player we're talking about is Oscar Sundquist of in the Blues. St. Louis. This does open the, gra- the window for those two teams who now have some cap relief with their contracts going to LTIR mm-hmm. to bring in a player who they may not have been able to afford previously. Yeah, the uh, Islanders now have 13 million bucks in cap space and they've been they were already going to be buyers at the deadline as quietly one of the best teams in the league, but now they're probably going to be buyers of like two major pieces instead of one middling to major piece. Uh, a lot of people have attached them to 
the Blackhawks possible free agents and uh, Matthias Janmark. He seems like he'd be a good fit and replacement for what Anders Lee was bringing to the table for that team. Could be also like a Lucas Walmark. The Blackhawks have a bunch of tradable forwards that the Islanders would probably be interested in at various price points. If you can, especially if it's an expiring deal and you don't have to worry about having that contract on the books next year when the cap is probably still going to be the same, Mm -hmm. you can theoretically bring in somebody who can really put you over the hump for this year. Well, I think it would be interesting to see in the aisle would be Dustin Brown. You think that would be an interesting replacement for Anders Lee? I don't don't know if the cap works. Dustin Brown's contract doesn't expire after this year. I think he's got one more year. Yeah, it'd probably include some retained salary. I like where your head's at. Uh, Dustin Brown is having a hell of a year. Yeah, he's got one more year at almost six mil. And he's 36, but he is an excellent playoff performer. Mm -hmm. He was a captain of a cup team. Yeah, I just think like Anders Lee energy. Maybe not... Energy wise, yeah, a little bit of a different of a player, but yeah, not yeah, that energy not as- wise for sure. Yeah, and and you know you're bringing in more playoff cup winning experience into a team that has now made a deep playoff run, but might need a couple of guys who have won the cup to kind of get them over the over the top. Taylor Hall's just sitting out there. I know I, that doesn't seem like an Islanders. No, does it? No, no, not at all. He does have a pedigree and a, wouldn't have to quarantine. Yep, yeah. That's so, a fairly. Well, that's I mean, a, that's a quick flight. That flight is you're never even horizontal in the air. I mean, every uh, Buffalo player should probably quarantine at some point. <laughs> just, I mean, they just passed the COVID buck onto Boston. Um, that's true. Boston's losing two games right now, possibly more, with Pasta on the shelf and four other, three other players. Krejci, Pasta, and a couple of others. Yeah, uh, just. Those teams in the East cannot get their shit straight with COVID. Like, they played the fucking game after fully knowing that... The the NHL letting that game happen is just flies in the face. That's exactly why Canada's like, no, you can't come here. (laughs) Like, that alone. Like, the NHL was like, no, this is good. And Canada was like, "Mm -mm." stay out of our clubhouse, eh? Mm -mm. Uh, So... Yeah, that that game should have never happened. It's an absolute disgrace to the NHL, who had for maybe like a month done really well with COVID-related mm-hmm. things. They hadn't actually lost a game that wasn't weather-related in quite some time. And then all of a sudden, they're like, ah, let's poke the bear. <laughs> Turns out the bear has claws, which are filled with COVID. <laughs> so speaking of cap amelioration, Nikita Kucherov has started skating and basically practicing quietly for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who put him on LTIR to start the season, saying that he'd probably be back for the playoffs, but now he's going to be probably healthy and just sitting there on LTIR watching Stamkos replace him, you know, for two months. I'll just say this. We called this. Yeah. In our season preview or maybe the week before or whatever. I think everybody kind of called it. We were like, this is some Bush League stuff. And kudos to yeah they are within their <laughs> rights Tampa. smooth move why didn't other teams think of it they are within their rights to shelve probably the best goal scorer in the national hockey league or top five goal scorer at the very least on ltir for a whole season and get it back for the playoffs and he's gonna be totally fresh for the playoffs yeah he's gonna have like 26 goals in the playoffs and people will be like <laughs> people are gonna be so pissed off about it he's gonna take like one game to get back up to speed yeah the first game he'll look a little wonky and we'll be like oh maybe that hip really isn't and then he'll score stamkos will have three goals and then he'll have a hat trick in the second game and we'll be like oh (laughs) that yeah they're gonna put fucking like Braden point on the second line because of him or something i don't even know it it, well they'll probably slide stamkos back to center and put kucherov on the wing that where stamkos has been playing and so who's on the other side then does it fucking matter Well, I'm just thinking tactically, like that top six is so deadly. Yeah. Well, Anthony Sorelli will be their third line center. Yeah. And then they just have like Palat and Yanni Gord and, and a couple other decent random pieces, but they are going to dominate in the playoffs this year again. I don't even actually remember who I picked to win the Stanley Cup this year. I think I picked Colorado, but I mean doesn't matter like, i would love to see a colorado lightning oh Cup series. That would be, that's what we want with I like mean, with healthy teams yeah absolutely that is what oh, we're pulling for i, I think got, i just got a hockey boner right there that would be <laughs> that would be great so you know what else is going to give you a hockey boner 
some hockey pharmaceuticals. Oh, well, I mean, a little, that's, little blue pill. That's that's what they're there for, right? <laughs> We're going to play a game in which Jake guesses hockey player or pharmaceutical, and it's going to be a blasty. All righty. Welcome to our second ever NHL name game. This one is going to be NHL player last name or pharmaceutical. Some of these names may be mispronounced accidentally. I thought about, you know, saying, oh, I could mispronounce things however I want, but that seems unfair. So we here we have 10 names, and they may be a hockey player or a drug. And we're going to go last names. Are they current NHL players or no, historical? This is, yeah, this is throughout history. All right. Scoring for fake prizes goes as such. Zero to two, you suffer for eternal damnation stuck in the river sticks. Three to five, you get third prize, which is TBD to be uh, determined on my whim. Six or eight is second prize, and nine to ten is first prize for the big winner. I could really see you taking any of these. I've tried to include at least one player that I think you have heard the name of, but we'll see. I'm smiling, and uh, I'm ready. Let's let's rock and roll. Ready when you are. Yeah, go for it. All right. Your first one is (laughs) Syverett. Oh, I can already tell I'm going to fail miserably in this game. Syverett. You can also ask for spelling. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Uh, Syverett. Drug or NHLer? Uh, I'm going to go with drug. Ooh. Oh, man. Danny. Danny Syverett. Former defenseman with 59 games in the NHL, most recently in 2010. Oh, oh we got some backup, some history lessons here, too. All right. Go for one. All right. Number two. Lepisto. That is a player. Correct. Yeah. Sammy Lepisto. Relatively recent defenseman for a bunch of teams, Capitals, Coyotes, Blackhawks included. Prandon. Just before I answer, this is a great game. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> this is excellent. I, I, I'm glad you're enjoying it. This is excellent. Um, Prandon. I'm going to go with Drug. Correct. All right. So you are two for three. All right. That's... Still in eternal damnation. This is where you fall <laughs> Yeah. Prandon is a, a diabetes drug. Hopefully it's relatively cheap. Zetia. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> Kudos. Um, Zetia is a player. Incorrect. Ah! As much as I want that to be Pavel Zetia, uh, it is a cholesterol drug. <laughs> All right. Still in damnation. Two for four. Saprikin. That's a player. Correct. Oleg, Russian forward. Lepisto and Zaprikin I have both actually known. Okay. Yeah, I figured I would either A, come upon like a player you sneakily known, or B, like a drug you take or something. (laughs) Allegra. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go with a Coyotes forward. (laughs) (laughs) This is number six. Jersina. Jersina is a drug that you give to babies to help with weight loss. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh. Uh, Milan Jersina was a defenseman for the Boston Bruins. So you're sitting at two, yeah? I'm at three. Three, sorry. Yeah, I think I got three. I think I'm out of damnation. You are out of damnation. You okay. have crawled your ass out the river sticks. Good job. Uh, I hear it's warm. <laughs> Potvin. Oh, that's Felix Potvin or Dennis Potvin. Yep, or... Felix, correct. Got that one. I remember Felix Potvin because he was in Toronto and my best friend's younger brother was a goalie and he had a Felix Potvin stick. Ah, okay. I thought I kind of recognized that name, but you know, I don't have nearly as much old hockey knowledge as you. So I always thought that would be a fun wrinkle in this game and it's turned out to be. So I'm at four, I think, right? Four. Three remaining. Oh. Four for seven. I can still get second prize. You can still get to second All prize. Right. And these last three could really go either way. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do it. Vadnais. <laughs> also, maybe Vadnais. <laughs> that sounds like an Estonian word for lady bits. <laughs> That's a drug. Incorrect. Oh, no. <laughs> Carol. Carol. Vadne, uh, 17 seasons in the National Hockey League from 1966 to leaving the league in 1983. Okay. My NHL history knowledge does not go that deep, apparently. Yeah, that was <laughs> also, that was one of my favorite, like, could be drug names. <laughs> Somewhere Mickey Redman is, like, telling a story about him right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight, Lemelin. Oh, boy. Lemelin is a former NHLer. 
Correct. Okay. Rajon Lemelin, former Canadian ice hockey goaltender and coach. Okay. So that's five? Five. five? Correct. Okay. One more and I get second prize. Is, is this the last one? This is the last one. No, no. <laughs> so much pressure for that fake prize. All right. Ready? But I want that fake prize. Iserman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your last question. Pharmaceutical or NHL player? Let's do it. Harvani. Oh, man. That's good. I think in our previous game, I pulled out of loser place with my last question, yeah. right? So you're doing considerably better. Harvani? Is, Harvani. That's, that's where we're at? No, all right. Um, it could be Harvoni. I'm going to go with drug. Correct. Oh, yeah. Hepatitis C. You get second <laughs> prize. Which is hepatitis C. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what your prize is going to be? An actual appropriate draft pick for the Red Wings season this year. Oh, God, you are. That's not the first prize? Wow. No, I think the first prize would be like, you lottery your way into first this year. (laughs) But I'm going to say that with whatever bullshit shenanigans the NHL are going to pull with the draft, that the Red Wings are going to pick probably a good player from maybe not a superstar draft, but it will be appropriate to where they finish. I'll take it, you know? (laughs) Like, if we take fourth from the bottom and pick fourth, Totally cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Grand prize, you might have gotten like lottery smoke show or something. (laughs) Iserman like uses Jedi powers to make the balls do whatever he pleases. Wouldn't put that past him. (laughs) It's magic. That was a great game. Yeah. Thank you for playing. You did a really good job. I'm pretty happy with myself. And thankfully, there's enough weird NHL player names. Oh, yeah. And enough pharmaceutical weird names coming out every other day that we could pretty much just play this ad nauseum. Yeah. For the rest of time. Mm -hmm. This has been super fun to produce, and we hope it's been super fun to listen to. So in closing, thank you again for listening. We would love, you know, any feedback you can provide. Uh, You can find us on the internet at handsomehockey.com, Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter. We'll be making pithy jokes around hockey Twitter. HandsomeHockeyPod at gmail.com, Handsome Hockey Facebook page, and you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That includes Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, or our actual podcast host is Red Circle. If you want smoke signals, we could maybe do that too. Just send us an email and we'll put it out. It is a little damp in the Pacific Northwest right now, so we'll give it a shot, but no promises. And also, if you listen to us in Canada and you want some poutine, get a hold of us. We know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and we will send you poutine. Yeah. Or, you know, it, it could really be anything. I mean, you know, it. No, it's poutine. But, but I was, you know, veggie poutine, well, vegan yes. poutine, like any it, variety of you poutine. Know, it, it's, uh, it's winner's choice. <laughs> yes. But to our friend in uh, Vernon, British, Vernon Columbia. British Columbia, poutine on us if you get in touch. <laughs> All right. And that's going to be a wrap for this week, folks. Thank you again for listening. We are thrilled to have you around. And as always, stay handsome, everybody. Rest day, Bo.